Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jeremy Goodwin. Halloween is an exciting time for kids. It can also be scary, and not just in the fun, scary way. It poses some special challenges for kids with various disabilities. And if you don't happen to live with a child with disabilities in your immediate family, there's a good chance that some will be visiting your house during Halloween. So to take us through some tips on how to keep Halloween fun and safe for everybody, we have two guests today from Easter Seals Midwest. That's an organization that serves individuals with developmental disabilities in Missouri, Kansas, and Illinois. And joining us is Jeannie Marshall. She is the Chief Program Officer and Executive Vice President of Services at Easter Seals Midwest. And Melanie Mills, the Director of Autism Services. Jeannie and Melanie, thanks for coming in today. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, Melanie, what, what makes this a challenging time for kids with various disabilities? Well, people with disabilities, especially autism, um, sometimes have a, uh, an insistence on sameness and um, changes in their routine can be very difficult. So um, something like Halloween where everybody's dressed up, everybody looks different, we're doing this different thing by going mm. out at night and knocking on doors and sometimes those doors are people that are strangers, um, that can be pretty challenging and, and can cause some uh, unease for these uh, for these people. And maybe you're up later than you're usually allowed to be. <laughs> right. You're wearing strange clothes. Everybody looks different. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of stuff out there that is specifically meant to scare you. Right. right. Which we usually are trying to shield our children from. Exactly. But this is a time of year where we say, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe it's fun to scare the kid, but maybe it isn't necessarily, right? Right. Yeah. Um, so for so kids who rely on having a really dependable routine, um, what are some ways to bring some normalcy into the Halloween experience? Right. As much preparation as you can do in advance is really helpful. Um, we like to predict a lot for the individuals that we serve so they know what's coming up. Um, so it's, it lends for a little bit of normalcy. And, uh, and instead of being worried about the changes, they will have some understanding of what's happening. When so, you say predict a lot, you mean talk through what's going to happen. Right. So you might um, practice trick-or-treating in advance. So either at your own house or walk to a neighbor's and practice knocking on the door, um, you know, saying trick-or-treating treating or giving them a note that says trick-or-treat, how to take the candy, that sort of thing. Um, you might also set your route in advance and walk it so they know where they're going, what houses they're going to stop at. By this time, you know, probably the Halloween decorations are up, so they'll see what decorations are going to be at that house, so that won't be a surprise to them as well. Um, so those types of things, but also um, even trying on the, the outfit that they're going to wear, the costume. There might be parts of it that um, they have some sensory processing difficulties with, like the tag and it might be itchy, so you might need to cut that out. Or they might realize they don't like the mask, they just want to wear the cape, or they just want the cape and, or they just want the mask and not the cape. So uh, trying those things on in advance so it's not a surprise the day of can be really helpful. So something, a costume that looks fun either in the store <laughs> or laying out on the bed after you make it right. might feel different. Exactly. Than you're expecting it exactly. To. Yeah. And so, uh, giving them that practice in advance um, can really be helpful for them and and make them, uh, uh, you know, just understand what's going to happen. Make them feel a little bit more calm and willing to participate. Jeannie, among the, the families whom you work with, uh, is Halloween a, a high time of, of interest or anxiety? Do you get I a lot of questions about this? I think there's a holiday that that, like Molly said, changes the routine. It's something that we have to be very careful about um, in terms of helping to predict for. Uh, the individual, what the expectations are. And just to think about what you said, it's a time where people 
intentionally scare others. Yeah. And, th- you know, that's counterintuitive to, you know, most of the days that we live through society. The other part of it is we're encouraging kids to talk to strangers, which normally you would say, mm. don't talk to strangers. Don't go, don't go to a door if you don't know who lives there. And so it, it's sort of undoing some of those rules for a single day in time, um, which is why the practice and, and the explanation around it can help. Mm. And uh, you mentioned decorations. A lot of folks like to go all out with the decorations right. on the outside of the house. There might be some scary music or, or mm-hmm. bright lights that are flashing, repetitive noises. Uh, what are some things folks should keep in mind if they want to just get in the spirit of things but not be doing harm? Yeah, you might want to, um, you know, if you have anything that is loud, uh, like loud music playing, you could tone that down a bit. Um, you know, a lot of places have things that um, jump out at you or are sensory, uh, like uh, sensory, uh, Sense act- motion activated? Yes, motion oh, activated. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, and then all of a sudden they scream or make something. So some of those things might be a little bit more difficult. So if you, especially if you know uh, that a child with a disability might be coming by, you might want to back off on those types of things. Um, or even like flashing lights and strobe lights, those types of things can be hard too. And I don't think we're telling people to not do all that. Um, you know, as the parent is taking their child around, the parent can also step back on the sidewalk and watch a couple people approach the house and see, is there anything surprising at that house that would be unexpected? Mm-hmm. Um, and then help manage the child through that situation. Yeah. So I don't want to give the impression that, you know, nobody can do anything fun or Halloween-ish. Um, right. Sure. Yeah, well, we're speaking at the same time about um, parents and people who are in charge of kids who are having issues like this, but also people who might not live with that in their everyday life and not be familiar with some of the issues that come up. Right. So I think we're looking at both sides of that as we talk about And the social interaction that takes place at the door is probably that, um, which we could help explain a little bit more about yeah. what what you might expect. Let's, let's talk about that, that moment at the door when um, some kids are knocking on a door that might be unfamiliar. They're probably interacting with an adult that they don't know a lot of the time. Um, one tradition in St. Louis is the, the Halloween joke Right, where yeah. you're expected to tell a joke and get your candy. Is there anything wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. You just might uh, be getting a joke on a piece of paper instead of somebody saying it out loud to you because mm-hmm. maybe that um, that child is nonverbal or um, you know is just really shy and is not going to talk to strangers. So it might come across a little bit differently. They just might not do it at all. So one thing I would say is just be patient. Um, and, and be flexible, right? Exactly. Exactly. Um, you know, if they start rooting around in the candy bowl and they're taking a long time choosing what they want, it's not because they're being greedy necessarily. It's It might be because they're looking for one specific thing. Um, it just might be that, you know, they're taking a while to get through it or they might have some motor skill difficulties that, uh, you know, they grab a handful instead of just one piece. So there's a lot of things that could be going on. Um, w- one thing that's kind of uh, starting up recently is that people with autism might be walking around with a blue bucket, a Halloween bucket, instead of your typical orange pumpkin bucket. Mm. Uh, so that might be an indicator. I, I, blue pumpkin be... too, right? I heard about the blue pumpkin. Mm-hmm. R- right, yeah. What, um, is, what is that So the, I think the blue pumpkin is, tells people that are going trick-or-treating that that house has um, autism-friendly, mm. uh, is an autism-friendly house to go to. Um, so that's, I mean, it's really starting to take off these days, which is fantastic. Um, so it's, you know, everybody can come to that house, but they're going to have maybe some trinkets and toys to hand out instead of candy because um, not all kids uh, on the spectrum can eat all the same things that, that we might be able to. Um, uh, and then they probably don't have a lot of those things that are going to jump out and scare you. 
probably just a little bit more welcoming for mm. for somebody. And if you see kids approaching with with the blue buckets, what what should you keep in mind? So again, be patient with them. Um, if they don't say trick or treat, if they don't say thank you after they take the candy, that's okay. Yeah, in in that that weird kind of minute of interaction. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the adults really want to put a lot of rules into that situation, right? They're being very strict about, well, you got to be sure to say thank you and hurry up and pick something already. Right. So maybe maybe that's a moment to you can have your the way you do Halloween and have the spirit of it, but if you see a child maybe reacting in a way that is not what you expect, maybe give some space. Is that just a fair way to think about it? Yeah, absolutely. You worded that really well. Um, one other thing to think about too is that um, that you might have some older kids coming through that you know. I think we all are like, oh, here's some seniors yeah, in high school yeah, going yeah. trick or treating. We all kind of roll our eyes at it. Um, but uh, you might see somebody um, with a disability coming through that's older because their uh, their age may not match their maturity level. Um, so you know, just be patient with that as well. And Jeannie, these are conversations I think that we weren't necessarily having so much 10, 20, 30 years ago, but there were still folks who were living with developmental disabilities of all sorts and having these kinds of problems. Has Halloween been a kind of inaccessible holiday in the past? think so. I wouldn't say it in that sense. I think people are just more aware now of, um, again, anything we can do to help accommodate a person's special needs, uh, whether it be autism or some other type of developmental disability. The, the culture at large is more in tune to that and more receptive to that. So we, uh, as an agency, are doing a lot of public awareness around all kinds of events. We do activities at the Botanical Gardens and the, and the, the Arch, and we try to create family-friendly um, environments where individuals can go and the family feel safe and the individual feels safe so they can experience everything that a typical person would. Are some of those events still to come? Yeah, we have. Um, we actually Melanie? have our own trick-or-treating event um, coming up. Uh, it, it's a small event because we do it in our building, but um, it's October 30th from 5.30 to 7.30. You do have to pre-register for it, which you could do at our website. Uh, and it just offers a wonderful opportunity. We have rooms where they can go trick-or-treating. They knock on the doors. We give them everybody little jokes on a piece of paper mm-hmm. that they can either read or hand in if they need to. Um, there's uh, crafts for them to do. We'll have some music there. Um, we'll have a maze for them to go through that we build in one of the rooms. So it's a great opportunity either to practice for the next night, or if your kid is, just doesn't want to go trick-or-treating, then this is a good a good place to go instead. Mm, so that you can get in the Halloween spirit, and th- it doesn't have to mean you're literally going from door to door knocking on Exactly. Strange houses, you can do it in another way. Right. And all our staff um, volunteer. So everybody that's there, if something does happen and a child does have a difficult time and and is struggling, we're we're all there to support them as well. Jeannie, for parents who um, might be having children with disabilities of some sort who are getting to (laughs) trick-or-treating age, maybe for the first time this year, thereabouts. What sort of resources are there for parents who just want more info about about this? I think on our website you would see these tips and facts posted as well as just talking to other friends um, or or calling our office and and talking through that. It'll help get them through that holiday. Um, Similarly, you were asking about what's coming up. We also have a Milk and Cookies with Santa event um, that occurs December 2nd, I think is it. Yeah, we uh, we could double check the website for that date. But that's one where we have literally hundreds of families and kids coming because going to see Santa at the mall is not um, (laughs) interesting. It's not it's you know, it's a long wait. It's it's a lot of unexpected. You know, you don't 
um, you don't know what to expect while you're standing in that line. Will it be half an hour? Will it be three hours? Am it's I going to sit on It's kind of stressful for everybody. It is. Right. Right. El- elves included. It's exactly. Part of Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we uh, started doing that probably about eight or ten years ago just to say we, we, we want to give people the ability to experience these things when a, when a family feels like they just can't do it in a typical setting. Yeah. And a lot of what we're talking about in terms of outdoor decorations, obviously that follows over into the, the holiday season as well. Yes. A lot of flashing lights and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Let's talk yeah. a little bit about um, – What's in that bucket? I mean, allergies are a bigger concern mm-hmm. now than they have been in the past. What should people keep in mind? Yeah. Mel- Melanie? Yeah, that's why I said, you know, one of the things that you could do is have some little toys or trinkets to hand out instead of just candy. That way they could have a choice if they wanted to. Um, but uh, otherwise, you know, you're going to have things with nuts, without nuts, because nut allergies just across the general public is, a, is a, you know, on the rise. Uh, but if a if a parent um, has big concerns, one of the things that they could do is go to the houses that they're going to go trick-or-treating to in advance and and give that house some candy that's good for their child. Huh. Um, so they could say, my kid's going to come up here. I'll be with them. He's going to be dressed up as, you know, Dracula. Please give him this instead. Um, and that way he gets the experience or, or she gets the experience of trick-or-treating um, and the excitement of getting their bucket filling up. But it's with things that um, are appropriate for that specific person. And I'm sorry, were you, Jeannie, were you going to jump in? Yeah, I, well, I, th- I think what, what, what you're suggesting and what, what – I think is a very meaningful thing for people to hear is there's nothing wrong with going and talking to your neighbors about this stuff, mm-hmm. right? This isn't something that you have to sit and stew about and worry about and just Google online and say, how do I deal with this? Yes, Easter Seals Midwest is out there to provide some resources, but you can just talk about what you're going through and talk about what you're facing. And hey, by the way, when we come by, can you not have that skeleton jump out of the window at us? <laughs> right. Don't, uh, you know, don't be afraid of your neighbors. Uh, have faith in them that that they'll help you when needed. Um, you know, I think this time of and year... And not feel like you're making some special requests that... Not at all. You know, right. I mean, it's a reason, these are reasonable things. You know, you the whole you keep your porch light on if you want to um, let trick-or-treaters come on. If if they have their porch light on, then, then they want to participate. They want to see kids be happy. They want to be able to hand out this candy. Otherwise, their light's going to be off. So, you know, if, if that's the case, let them know in advance. Um, and they're probably going to be willing to help you out. Mm. You'd be surprised about how many people out there are willing to help your child be happy. Hmm. Well, we do have links to Easter Seals Midwest on stlpublicradio.org if you want to check out some of those things that are coming up or get more resources. This has been this has been lots of fun. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank you for having us. Uh, I want to thank Jeannie Marshall and Melanie Mills from Easter Seals Midwest for coming in today. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.